backstage passes, and zero to 60 in a super stretch limo? Yeah, that's just how we roll. You're listening to the Mousecapades Radio Network. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Sarah, Miranda, and Gina. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 738, and you are listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Stephanie is on a magical vacation with her family, so we are running the show without her and living vicariously through her post on Instagram. We hope that she is having a great time, and we can't wait to talk about her trip when she returns. We are looking to book a magical trip. We would be glad to help. Just text Sarah, Vicky, or myself, Gina, at 636-373-4497 or email us at yourstorytravel.com and we will be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package. So we always talk about the crazy things going on at Disney and this week is no exception to that. There seems to be quite a bit. On July 3rd, on the West Coast, so over in Disneyland, Mickey Mouse nearly caught himself on fire at the end of Fantasmic this week. He was swinging his arms down a little too quickly and he almost caught the outfit that he was wearing. A fire! And if you remember last month in Anaheim, he slipped and fell on some water and jumped up just in time to shoot the fireworks from his hand. So, I don't know if it's the same Mickey or if Mickey's just having some mishaps over in... uh, (laughs) in Disneyland, but something's going on over there. Also, in Orlando on July the 3rd, guests were waiting to ride Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, and there was a long line, which is typical for that, as we know, because it's a new ride, and people were waiting. Well, while they were waiting, a family chose to turn on the movie Ratatouille. Well, guess what? They watched the whole Ratatouille movie in the time that they were waiting in line and with the technical difficulties. And we're still done with the movie before the ride was restored. It did, however, get restored and they did get to ride it. That's hilarious. I was just like, they did what? I had to read it like three times. (laughs) I thought they meant that Disney put it on somewhere. And I was like, where would they put that on so that they could watch it? And then I realized, oh, they watched it on their phone. Okay. That makes me hurt. I don't know. Well, at least they had something to do. Yes. Usually we play uh, like heads up in line or something, a game like that, but I can't imagine watching an entire feature-length film. They were prepped for the ride then. I know, right? When, when you and your family are playing heads up, do other people that are standing in line with you end up playing with you? Because that's what happens to us every time. <laughs> I haven't had that happen before, but I have had people look at us and with what I can only imagine as a look like, wow, they're having fun, and I'm not. <laughs> you people download the app. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. We just have people that are with us, that are around us playing with us, which we is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so also on July 3rd, Hollywood Studios' Tower of Terror had to be evacuated due to a possible fire. 
guests were evacuated and pictures could be seen on social media of the guests behind the Tower of Terror building and fire trucks arriving at Hollywood Studios. Guests said that they didn't see a fire, but that someone had pulled the fire alarms. Shame on you if you did that and there was no fire. Disney didn't give any updates, so the ride must have been okay. It was back up and running the next day. On July 5th at the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, an incident occurred during the Festival of Fantasy Parade. It seems that Ariel was combing her hair with the Dinglehopper, or the fork, if you're familiar with the film. One of her clamshells but popped off. And if you're not familiar what the clamshells are used for, they make up her sort of swimsuit top. We'll call it that. <laughs> um, That's a good way to describe it. Um, well, it fell down and off of the float. Ariel just combed her hair over the area where the clamshell fell off. It's very professional, Ariel. Great job. While the social media would like us to think she exposed herself, there is fabric underneath the clamshell. Ariel kept going as if nothing had happened. So good for her. Great job, cast member. Um, wait to use your lovely red flowing locks. Well, and if you didn't see it, um, one of the cast members that was behind her dancing just danced right over, picked up the clamshell and kept on, went right back into his moves. And I just thought it was funny because I was like, they're making such a big deal. I saw it on several places and I was like, I think it would have been a bigger deal. Like it would have been on television had she really exposed herself. Yeah, I saw it on TikTok and they were making a big deal about it. I'm like, okay, she didn't show anything. We can see her leotard. It's the same kind of leotard like you guys use for dancing, Miranda. Yep, with a little glitter on it to make it look like bubbles. Yes, no worries. She was not exposed. So if, listeners, if you have not seen um, a video of this, there are plenty of videos to go around. But on July 5th, the Festival of Fantasy Parade had not yet another mishap. Um, usually Disney keeps a close eye on uh, the weather radar so that they know if the, if the parade will go on or not. Um, if the normal parade doesn't go out, they'll do the, the rainy day parade. Um, Disney's usually very careful about sending out the cast members if the weather is going to be bad. Um, so we aren't sure if the weather shifted or what, but the Fan Festival of Fantasy Parade had already started back in Frontierland before a downpour hit Orlando. To add to the rain, the float that fell and Beast Ride broke down in the middle of Main Street. This caused the characters to finish the parade walking in the pouring rain, but in true Disney fashion, the characters continued to smile and greet Disney guests as if it were a beautiful sunny day. Um, I have seen multiple videos of this, and I think my favorite part is Rapunzel taking her long hair <laughs> and wringing it out. <laughs> they did a good job, though, staying in character. Totally. That's awesome. They did. If you do get a chance and you catch the Rainy Day Cavalcade, um, it is considered a sort of a special treat because it's not, it doesn't happen as often as you think it would. It's adorable. It's so cute. Well, both Miranda and Sarah both told me it was cute. So I was like, now I kind of want it to rain so I can see it. <laughs> so some more crazy is coming your way. Disney has rules for a reason. So just think about that. I know we talk about that a million times on this show. But so we have all seen people exit rides. Um, stick their arms and legs out of the rides to, you know, touch the water and 
Well, this week, Guest was shooting a TikTok video of Gaston's tavern in front of the water fountain. She didn't notice until she was reviewing the TikTok later that night that a guest was soaking her feet in the fountain. And I happened to see this TikTok. I was dying. No, it was not a child that was doing this. It was a grown adult giving her little piggies a soak right in front of God and everybody. <laughs> so, people, we are making please make better choices. If you break Disney rules, they have the right to ban you from the parks and their property permanently. It just does not seem worth this to any of us. But please think before you do something. If you have to ask yourself if you should be doing it, don't do it. There's even a thought in your mind. <laughs> I was like, who does this stuff? I died laughing. I saw that and I'm like, oh my god, no. She might be one of those people that takes her shoes off on airplanes. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That was the first thing that jumped to my mind. Oh my god. No, but really watching your feet in the fountain. I'm not saying it would have been right if a kid did it, but it would a little it would have been a little bit more understandable to me than right. a, a grown adult. And she visibly, I believe, had on um, crop pants. I don't think she even had on shorts. I was trying to remember. So, like, she had to, like, roll them up a little bit so they didn't get wet in the... Th- I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't get caught. I don't know that she did. I didn't ever see a follow-up on that, but... I don't think so. I didn't see anything either. I think it was funny that she didn't notice it till she was, like, editing or whatever she was doing for her video. <laughs> so, speaking of TikTok um, and YouTube... If you don't know who Jojo Crichton is, um, for Jojo's World is his YouTube, and then Jojo Crichton is his TikTok. But um, he's somebody that I follow. He is friends with Kyle Paolo, if you watch him. They're actually roommates. His goal for himself is to pull the sword from the stone in fantasy land of Magic Kingdom. And he's been trying to do that. He wants to be proclaimed the king of fantasy land. So he's been visiting daily the Magic Kingdom to try to make this happen. Well, one day he was there and one of his friends was with him and messing around and she pulled it out. Well, then this past week, he was there again and they didn't say how old the little girl was, but I do teach school. So I would say she was about nine to 10 years old and she walked right up and just was being silly and pulled it right out of there. And he was like dying Um, and he high fived her, um, but he said he's not giving up. He's going to continue to try to become king of fantasy land. But I thought that's really cool. And I was going to ask you guys if you had ever seen anybody. I've never seen anybody pull Mm -hmm. that out when I was there. No, I have not seen anybody. But I did see uh, one of my high school friends. They were just down there last month and their daughter did. They posted pictures of it. Um, I remember when I was younger, it would happen all the time, but I haven't seen that happen in years. So they were like really checking out where this is. And I've never really examined it to see if there's a button that you can push or all this kind of stuff. But I do think it's kind of random or there's somebody just maybe not always manning it because we know they're short on manpower. Right. And so lately people have been doing it. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it hasn't been done in a while. I know. And then lately, a few times. Maybe there's one of those, you know, this is what I imagine. There's one of those tunnels that's going under Magic Kingdom. And if a cast member just happens to be walking by, there's somewhere they can peek out and see if someone's trying to lift a sword and they'll just 
push a button, but it has to be well timed. I don't know. That's in that's in my secret fantasy in my mind, though. So that's that's what happens. So a lot of the shows that we've been waiting to return to Disney have, like Beauty and the Beast, Indiana Jones, and Finding Nemo. But one show Disney hasn't said anything about is The Voyage of the Little Mermaid at Hollywood Studios. Up until now, The Voyage of the Little Mermaid was still on the Disney website and listed as temporarily closed. This week, when guests tried to go to The Voyage of the Little Mermaid page, it had a picture of Stitch that read, Sorry, someone ate this page. You see that a lot on the, on the Disney website. Um, but now this may not seem like it's gone for good, but when a Disney page shuts down like that, it can sometimes indicate that major changes are in store for an experience. So magical enhancements. <laughs> yeah, we'll be waiting to see what happens there. I'm really kind of surprised if they do take it away, only because is it this year or next year that the live action Little Mermaid's coming out? This spring. But I also feel like that corner of Hollywood Studios needs some love right now because there's nothing there. Right. I mean, unless you're a three-year-old doing the Playhouse Disney thing. Well, Launch Bay opened back up this week. But even then, like, I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I don't see the lore in Launch Bay personally. I get it. I'd like to see that revamped a little bit. Um, On the topic of Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance is one of Disney World's most sought-after rides every day at Hollywood Studios. Apparently last year, Raven Sun Creative, a company that used to be owned by a former Universal executive, is claiming that the part in the ride when you, spoilers, encounter a skate pod near the end of the ride, you lock in and drop into space as you head back to land for safety was stolen from them. In court documents, Disney said Raven's chief creative officer, Louis Alfieri, one of the inventors for Raven's patent, was not upfront with the U.S. Patent Office about his previous work on Universal's Transformers ride when Alfieri worked at Universal Creative. Disney said the mouse wants Raven's patent to be thrown out, calling it unenforceable. Disney is now going on the defensive and countersuing. At this point, Disney... Neither Disney nor Raven have given official statements about this ongoing battle. I think I take the mouse's side on this one. I don't know whose side I take on it, but I just think that this is a world of suing at this point. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, Disney and Universal are constantly going back and forth. They're constantly exploring, mm-hmm. you know, not copying or stealing ideas, but they bounce off of each other. So it's silly to say who said, who started what or who created what. They're both making money, people. Yep. I'm pretty sure the drop on Hagrid's motorbike adventure is very similar to the drop in Bird Bolton in um, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Very similar. But yeah. Now you're going to bring another saucy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know Bird Bolton's been around a whole lot longer than Hagrid's ride. Well, I mean, come on. I think they all take pointers from yeah. each other when they're making new rides. I know King's Island has a couple of things that you know they have modeled after Disney. I just I don't understand why the big deal is to sue over something so stupid. They want to say they were the first one to make it. We live in a very litigious society. It's just unfortunate. Okay, so Disney rumors are everywhere, especially recently, uh, and we all know that sometimes these rumors do eventually become the truth. So this week we found out that Disney's Frozen Sing Along is going to close on August 22nd. 
Rumors began flying that it was closed permanently, which caused a lot of Disney fans to be upset. While Frozen is closing, but it's only for refurbishment. According to the calendar, it will be closed until at least September 12th. And like any refurbishment, Disney can extend this. We have seen this multiple times. But we already know that the Frozen sing-along is going to have its holiday finale for 2022. So we feel safe saying that the Frozen sing-along will be returning. I was thinking about this, and you guys might agree or disagree, but... I could totally see the Frozen, when the Frozen thing in about a year, maybe not even a year, starts to become lacklustered, they change it to Encanto sing along. Mm-hmm. Mm. I see that. I think that would be a good idea, personally. I mean, I love the music from Encanto. Right, and I think that, honestly, there's always one or two good songs in a Disney movie that carry on, but those two movies probably have the biggest sales in soundtrack. I haven't, like, looked up the records or whatever but I would say they're a big deal in the school system anyway if you know about how many kids are talking about the songs from a soundtrack those are two movies that definitely have that going on Abby's choir for their final performance they did um, Don't Talk About Bruno yeah Kaylee, Kaylee's group did that too so Lightyear came out I've still not seen it I haven't either me either <laughs> I've had time it's on my list I'm waiting till it comes to Disney Plus at this point, but it's not the smash that they thought it was going to be. We talked about that the first week that it came out, that it only made 50 million domestically. Um, it's now made close to 200 million, but I think it's like been a month. And this prequel of Toy Story had a budget of more than 200 million. So to add insult to injury, Universal's new Minion movie came out since then, and they grossed 128 million in its first weekend. I did see that. <laughs> It's on my list, too. <laughs> the film faced a lot of controversy, the same-sex kiss. But the biggest controversy that's been talked about is people are boycotting it because it's not Tim Allen and it's Christopher Evans. Even though Disney has said that Lightyear in the movie is a real man and Tim Allen played a toy thing, as uh, or you are a child's toy plaything or whatever Woody says in the movie. So... They said the voices had to be different. But whatever the reason, Lightyear is not going to be the next Encanto for Disney at all. That sounds like an excuse to me. But Well, yeah, I know. Well, because they were asking Tom Hanks, why did he think that was happening? And he didn't even know. So, Adessa, the voice of Dolores in Encanto, released a hint in a tweet on July 2nd. This is what she said. While Encanto is preparing for its next amazing phase... What?! What phase? This all but confirms that there is much more Encanto to come in the future. Disney Concerts and Live Nation are currently taking Encanto on the stage as a concert in select cities across the U.S., but Disney has yet to confirm a sequel or an attraction at Walt Disney World Resort or Disneyland Resort. However, as cast members from the movie and many more continue to speak out, it seems increasingly clear that Encanto will be back on the big screen at some point in the future. Yay! I love that movie. I always get a little scared when Disney does sequels, but they I think Frozen 2 was good. All of the Toy Stories All the Toy Stories were good. I guess I think back to like the sort of the 80s, like The Lion King 2s, The Little Mermaid, right. 2, 3, 4, however many there were. Some of those weren't that great. <laughs> yeah, but I think they could do a good job. I think it would be cool to put on the cruise too as like a theater show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that would be good. 
they did when we did ours they did beauty and the beast was the one that was there it was pretty good so listeners if you are still mad about the everest yeti there is more trouble coming to animal kingdom Uh, i know yeah (laughs) disney's dinosaur in animal kingdom has recently caused some rumors to stir um, the dinosaur merchandise was pulled from the stores last year and Primeval Roll was taken down. Um, rumors began to swirl that refurbishment was in the works for dinosaur. The last couple of weeks when guests rode dinosaur about halfway through, the search for the Iguanodon vehicle comes to a halt and guests come face to face with a Carnotaurus, which is when your ride photo is taken. Typically, the Carnotaurus is on the right-hand side of the ride vehicle, and the audio animatronic is massive. It wiggles, it roars, it is a great um, prank if you have never taken someone to Animal Kingdom before, you always slide them all the way to the right. However, for the last two weeks, the ride has been operating in B mode, and instead guests look to their left and see the head of the Carnotaurus audio animatronic. It seems that the Carnotaurus is still there, but it is covered with a large tarp that is tied with a rope, which hints Disney has no plans on fixing it. So what are your thoughts on the dinosaur ride? I I think that they should do something different. I mean, that's just my opinion. It's not my favorite. And I know exactly the part that they're talking about because I have a picture of my daughter's face <laughs> in panic. <laughs> But I, I mean, I just hear a lot of people say it's a one and done for them. Mm. They don't want to ride it again. Like, we always hit it when we're at Animal Kingdom, but it's because to us, Animal Kingdom, no, like, nobody in my family for, is Animal Kingdom their favorite park. So, same with mine. Yeah. So, it's, it's like one of the big ones we hit. You know, we do Everest, Dinosaur, the Safari, and Pandora. Yep. And that's pretty yeah. much our day at Animal Kingdom. How cool would it be if they revamped the entire dinosaur section to be a Zootopia? That would be cool. That would be cool. I would like that. I think you should contact the Imagineers. I should. <laughs> Tell them my ideas. If there, if there are any Disney Imagineers listening to the show, we have some really good ideas for you. Yeah. <laughs> need Brian Collins to hook us up. Right? Yeah. The recently Disney polled 500 Disneyland guests on how they feel about Genie Plus. Oh, yeah. Hmm. 68% of those polls said that they disliked the Genie Plus system. Disney guests have repeatedly expressed their frustration with it, and they profess that they would like the previous process to return to the parks. Now, I know that some of us on the show have used Genie Plus and have had different experience with it, but I thought we could share, you know, some of those that of us that have used. It, it does appear that Genie Plus is unfortunately here to stay, so we're going to have to get used to it. I personally have not used it yet, um, and that's the plan in November, but I have not used it yet. I've used it. Did you like it? No. I'm part of that 68%. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of, too. I, for one, the cost. You know, for me, yeah. with my family, like, there's there's seven of us going. So that's going to be, you know, an added expense that we have to add in. Mm-hmm. I mean, individual attraction selection aside, because that is a whole nother beast, they have made it so difficult, and it is such an arduous process for someone 
especially someone that doesn't really isn't into Disney like we are that we already know what to expect and that I'm gonna have to wake up to do this every morning that's not what people want to do on vacation true not in some of the older people like I have clients that are leaving next week and it's the grandmother taking you know the grandkids and and she has no idea I was trying to get her to get a DAS pass before they went and do the online thing and she's like I don't want to do that I just want to get it when I get there and I'm like but you can get your passes now but she don't she doesn't want to do it so I, I mean I can't do anything if she doesn't want to do it why well, I just don't understand why they're making it so difficult for families I was just gonna say I know that Disney doesn't like to do things the way Universal does but what Universal does with their Express Pass where you pay the premium to have access to all but was it one ride mm-hmm. yeah and you can ride it as ride these rides as many times as you want you can skip the line and they should do also like universal does with the deluxe resorts yes the, del- the certain deluxe resorts get it automatically yeah and you don't have to wake up early and select rides it just is it's there it's happening already there's no thought into it you don't have to spend half of your time in the parks on your phone trying to figure out what you're going to ride next and then the worst of it to me is when it you go to select something and it says it's available i'm just making this up at 1 p.m yeah and then you click on it and you select it and then it's like great you're reserved for 6 p.m or you know Ugh. It's just, <laughs> it's awful. It is, it's awful. It is awful. I wanted Miranda to speak on it because they liked it, but in the defense of Genie Plus, for couples like Miranda and her husband when they went by themselves, and for people that go by themselves, I could see where Genie Plus would be a benefit. So I was going to let her talk to that. To, that's shocking to me to see that the Disneylanders don't like it. I understand world goers not liking it but as far as land goers go it's almost identical to max pass you're using your phone in the same way that land goers have always used it before so it's really not any different price isn't even that different either um i will say the reason why i like it is because my husband zach he's always on it he's always like okay this is our next one okay this is our next one but that also means that he's constantly on his phone And so for as much as I can vouch for it, and anytime we've used it, we've gotten on so many rides, we've done so many things, but you know, for all of its perks, I understand the other side of all that as well. And see, I feel like we were not able to do as much as we did when they had FastPass Plus. Yeah, and I I do think though, when Miranda was talking to me, actually when her and Zach did their report, the more I thought about it, I think because there's two of them versus a family. And But you're right, mm-hmm. the whole getting up in the morning thing, I mean, that is a big downfall, especially if people don't want to get up. So does that mean that they automatically miss out on riding those rides if they don't get up? So I, here's, here's what Zach and I do. We don't get up early to get all of our stuff. We get up early to get, you know, Rise and Resistance on Hollywood Studios Day. Otherwise, we just wing it and go to the parks because we don't go during peak times. So we'll go 
you know, sometime in the fall, sometime in the winter, where we judge how the park is, is going. And by one o'clock, if we want to get Genie Plus, we go and invest in Genie Plus. But we're two adults who, you know, are fully content just walking around Epcot taking pictures as opposed to getting that ride. So like for us, we're not going to put the money up front. We're not going to get up early unless we know that we absolutely have to. Like Hollywood Studios, you probably have to. Magic Kingdom, we've had our best Magic Kingdom days when we invest in Genie Plus 12 o'clock onward. It just depends on the crowd and what you want to see during the park that day. Well, I'm looking at Amanda and Greg. They did go at a busy time. And they only use the, what is that called? The the individual attraction selection? Yeah, the individual lighting attraction selection. That's all they used. And they only used it twice. See, when we went this past January, it was very busy for what January I felt like should be. You were talking about going during the winter months, right? Um, and we would rope drop every morning and then if it was a ride like Flight of Passage, let's say I'll use Animal, Animal Kingdom as an example. My family loves Flight of Passage. For I mean, just so you know, I have we were there with my two daughters, my husband, and they are were ten and seven when we went. So they love Flight of Passage, and we rope dropped it. And then while we were in line, we bought it to ride later in the day because we knew they would want to ride it again. And then. The rest of the things we tried to um, get times for, so it and it just was it, we couldn't do our days the way we wanted to. I guess I'll put it that way. And maybe I need to adjust my expectations. I've been told I'm not a super flexible person, um, but you know the same thing every everywhere we went. If it was something that we knew we would want to ride multiple times, we would buy it later on in the day because usually those are the rides you want to ride multiple times um i don't know i'm sure everyone has their own opinion but for my family it just wasn't great we're gonna try it again in the fall and see if i can make it work i think the biggest thing is change and that's what i was gonna say miranda it's not called the max pass anymore it's been the max pass for how many years and a lot of times people just don't like the change itself it doesn't necessarily matter what the change is um and I, I have heard from the vloggers that I watch that the Disneyland one is much better than Disney World. There's just not as much for one thing, but I guess because so many locals go there that they they don't necessarily invest in it, where only people that are coming in invest in it. And so it seems to work out on its own and everybody seems to be happy with how it's going there, other than the 500 people that they interviewed for this poll. But I just thought it was interesting for sure, because I know you had said that. You thought that Disneyland, it shouldn't be much of a change, but Disney World, you understood. Mm-hmm. Well, we're just going to hope they're going to keep tweaking it. There's rumors that they're going to, but I didn't want to bring those into it because, again, it's a rumor, so we don't know. And all we're doing is speculating like we are now anyway. However, stuff's not on here this week, but more character meet and greets are returning to Disney World. Hooray! Um, Goofy came back a week earlier than they thought he was going to, as well as the Star Wars men at Launch Bay because they came back a week earlier as well. But Goofy was in his flight uniform back at Storybook Circus at Magic Kingdom this week. Um, it was kind of on the DL, but some kids found him, so that was exciting for him and them. Uh, character dining dates have been re- uh, announced. Yay! Yeah. Pooh, Piglet, and Eeyore will return to Crystal Palace on September the 20th. That's at Magic Kingdom. Lilo and Stitch, hooray, will return to the Polynesian for breakfast at Ohana. 
starting on I mean starting on September 27th. And then finally, Minnie's going to return with Donald, Daisy, and Goofy to Minnie's Beach Bash breakfast at Cape May Cafe at Disney's Beach Club Resort starting October the 4th. So if you're going to be there in September or October, I would encourage you to go to one of these dining character meals because they're pretty cool. And it's nice to have them come to you. And it ensures that your child's going to have uh, be able to see a character, get their picture with them, and get an autograph because those things are all back. Abby will be excited that she'll get to see Stitch for her birthday breakfast. Yes, I bet she will. You missed that this time, this last time. Yep. So as we told you a couple of weeks ago, Disney let us know that the re-theming of Splash Mountain would be completed in the fall of 2024. Well, you may or may not remember us talking in 2020 about what Tiana would look like in the ride. Would she wear her dress or would she wear pants like the sketches suggested? Well, Tiana is going to have a new look for her ride on Tiana's Bayou Adventure. She will have a shorter haircut and she will wear khaki pants with brown boots, a mint green jacket, the same color as her gown, a yellow blouse underneath with flowers on the lapels, a red handkerchief and a brown cloche hat. The costume is going to be polyester rich because of the moisture in the ride, but it will look like linen. Um, the Imagineers felt that this outfit was more fitting for the bayou than her mint green gown. I would have to agree. Um, I do like the hat, though. I'm a fan of the cloche hat. She looks very adventurous. Yes. Which is so different. Yeah, the lengths that the Imagineers and Disney are going to retheme this ride is leaving me very impressed. Like, I don't know if, you know, the listeners have watched any of the videos on Disney Parks blog, but it's incredible. Like, they're they're spending time in New Orleans, they're doing their research, they're going on Bayou Adventures, it's really cool. I need to watch some of those, I haven't watched any of them, but I was just impressed with what the Imagineers had to say why they're doing this so that people just didn't think they were doing it just off the cuff. They didn't just decide, oh, this is what we're doing. There's reasonings behind everything that they're doing, so that's good. Uh, Minnie has joined Mickey at Town Square in her 50th celebration outfit. They are greeting guests together again. Um, the signs outside were even changed to reflect the addition of Minnie to the meet and greet. Um, listeners, you have one second to guess how long the wait times were to meet Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> During the day, the wait time was 110 minutes to be able to see the happy couple, grab a hug, get an autograph, and get a picture. At one point, the wait time went down to 85 minutes, but the standby line stayed pretty consistent all week long. I think this proves what we have been saying for months, that character meet and greets were needed back in the parks. I think that's going to help with ride times, too. I agree. And that's what Stephanie kept saying, especially at Hollywood Studios. Okay, but I'm sorry. I would not stand in line for 110 minutes or 85 minutes to get a picture with Mickey and Minnie. No offense. I love Mickey and Minnie to that, but I just wouldn't do it. Well, it's also air conditioned. But you could watch a movie. (laughs) You could watch Ratatouille. (laughs) Gloria Estefan and her husband Emilia were spotted by guests as they entered Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind at Epcot at the end of last week. Gloria Estefan is one of the top 100 greatest artists, and she has won seven Grammy Awards. She is one of the best-selling female singers of all times. 
Conga is one of the songs that plays when you ride Cosmic Rewind. No one asked Gloria her thoughts on the ride, but we're all wondering if they played Conga as she tested out the new ride. That would be pretty cool if they did, though. Yeah. How would you like to hear yourself singing while you're riding the new Disney ride? Right. (laughs) So, does she live in Florida? Do you guys know? I don't know. I was curious because she's the one that paid for the the VIP tour um, at Universal. And she invited Jojo, the one that I was talking about before, Jojo Crichton. She invited him and a guest to come with her in their party to do the VIP tour and do behind the scenes stuff. Because she watched him on um, YouTube and on TikTok. So I thought that was I didn't know she was such a big fan of like things According to Google, she lives in Miami. There you go. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe she lived in Miami. I didn't know if she still did because I know she did when Conga came out. which was a long time ago. (laughs) Well, thank you girls so much for helping me this week. Steph, I hope you're having a great time in Florida. I appreciate all the Snapchats, watching the kids get excited about the Disney magic that's going on, which I know is making magic for you as well. If you are interested in being a guest on our show, you or if you have a question or comment, you can text us at 636-373-4497. If you would like a free quote, contact Vicki, Gina, Miranda, or myself, Sarah, at 636-373-4497 or at yourstorytravel.com. You simply go to the drop down, look for one of our names, and we'll be happy to help you. Be sure to listen to Friday's show. Vicki and her family will be discussing past rides and crazy things that have happened in the past at Disney that you may have forgotten about. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears the Mousecapades podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. May all your dreams come true. Till the spire. See you real soon. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>